0: I'm Chuck and I'm Buck and this is the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection and today it's getting close to the end of the month
1: and we want to talk about what we've been playing. It's that time of the month again seems like just I guess it was just a couple (laughs) weeks ago we talked about this but I mean this month went really
0: quick so. It did and I actually had I came into this and I was like oh I'm only going to have a few games to talk about but I played way more games this month than I thought I did.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear about how your uh, quest to, to own Hollow Knight's going. To own it? Oh, I already own it. I mean, like destroy <laughs> it, like
0: own Success. it. Success. Uh, d- did not touch it. Um, <laughs> it is still installed. I didn't get to the point that I uninstalled it.
1: So, is it on Switch or what's it on?
0: I have it on Steam.
1: Okay. I picked well, good, it up. On... Not gonna uninstall it. You got plenty of. Oh, I,
0: I, I I uninstall and reinstall all the time just so I don't have to look at them. Wait, nice. I concentrate on what I cuz otherwise I'd have like 200 games in there and I I can't I can't handle just filtering all of them. So,
1: can't deal with the clutter.
0: I can't sometimes. <laughs> it's not as cluttered as my wish list, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. But yeah, no, I uh, I played i probably put a, a decent amount of time into at least three or four games, and then I had uh, two or three other games that I played for a, a, a short stint uh, that I don't think I've brought up on the show that I wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, mine a lot of mine was actually finishing up uh, some of the games we talked about last month. Like, we just talked about Xenoblade 2 Torna. I played that a lot this month and finished it last weekend. So I didn't get to as many different games I'd like, but definitely have a few to talk about. I'd say that's what you get
0: for playing an RPG, though. That's down true. It's bound to happen. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and lead off with that, then? Unless you're wanting to save it to the end.
1: Oh, no, I can go ahead and start off with it. So um, a big chunk of this month, I did play uh, Xenoblade 2 Torna, and it is a uh, if anyone hadn't played it, it's a freaking phenomenal game. You should definitely pick it up. I'm actually um, going back in the reverse order here and playing the original Xenoblade 2 now, and I only played it for probably like five hours before and couldn't get into it. It's still, it's hard going back, because the battle system was so much better, and apparently I've heard, like, the battle system into does get, like, worlds better the further you go along, but man, at the beginning, it's, it's just slow, it's kind of like, I guess the combat itself's kind of like 12 at the beginning, like Final Fantasy 12, where it's kind of MMO-esque, but. At the beginning, you don't really have a lot to do. You're just kind of standing around watching people. Which I don't know about you. That's not the the most fun thing in the world, or the greatest combat system ever, in my opinion. Oh well, I really
0: enjoyed Twelve. I liked. I know at the beginning you have very limited uh, gambit control of your characters, which can be frustrating. But I never, yeah, I never, this is, I never this disliked is like
1: Twelve at the beginning. Not like Twelve toward the end. Twelve got pretty freaking deep, and it's actually one of the harder Final Fantasies, in my opinion, uh, to beat. Well,
0: I just know I just like to watch my characters rather than uh, mash through menus and try to get them to pull off magic spells and stuff like that. Like, I'm never <laughs> going to be that guy that plays Final Fantasy 12 on like a really high level that like is so granular on what all their characters are doing manually. I, that's that's never going to be me.
1: You're not going to customize all your macros?
0: Um, well, no, I'll customize all my gambits and stuff, but I'm just saying doing it like manually, on, like on the fly in battle. Like you would in another Final Fantasy game where you had to go into the menu, tell this guy to do this, tell this guy to do that. I don't it do that. I love it. Yeah, I'm a well, I that's typically only done during like challenge runs where it's like required and you have to you kind of have to abuse items and things like that. Got to be more specific because Final Fantasy 12, I don't feel like gets too hard until the end, but that's just my personal opinion. And I also love grinding, so that was never an issue in that game.
1: Yeah, that, that might be why we had a little bit of a different issue. I was just kind of going from one main story quest to another, and you were probably accepting all the hunts and side quests and all that good stuff. I'm like, ah, skip
0: that crap. We don't need it. Yeah, that's, that's probably why I didn't actually end up finishing it. But I also don't love the final dungeon and the way that it kind of... Uh, it takes away certain actions from you. Very similar to the final dungeon in uh, Final Fantasy VIII, I thought it was more interesting in Final Fantasy 8 because as you went through that final dungeon, you'd actually regain your abilities back after you fought all the bosses. I found 12s, the way that they designed each floor and the way they took away abilities to just be uh, probably more frustrating than I found it interesting. And we haven't even been playing Final Fantasy
1: 12 and we've already talked about it for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <we've> been, <laughs> well, I've been playing uh, Xenoblade 2 Torna and yeah, that game is it's phenomenal. The story is really good, the combat uh, moves super quick, apparently it's like a Xenoblade 2's except it does have like a, a tag system where you can control the the blade and the driver instead of just just a driver. So basically you have twice as much to do and twice as many buttons to push and when you pull off you know, epic combos with all basically six of your characters um, taking turns and destroying the enemies, it looks really cool and it feels really good too. And I'd say it's at the perfect length. I mean, I think it took me about about twenty five or so hours to beat it, and that was with uh, my only knock on is the forced grind of the side quests they make you do at the very end of the game. How long did that ultimately take you to do at the end? Probably like well, it would have taken me longer, but I ended up going looking for FAQs and stuff, and instead of exploring the world more, I kind of looked for the fastest path, looking through like uh, game of FAQs and YouTube. But it probably took like three or four hours.
0: I was going to say, I think probably anyone would at that point. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think you would be the only one frustrated.
1: Up to that point, I hadn't touched any kind of FAQ or anything on it, but once I got to that point, I'm like, I'm not going to look for you know, this tall grass in the entire world. I'm going to figure out where exactly it's at, go find it, and then bring it back to this random dude.
0: Yeah, don't blame me at all there. But, but yeah, I'm glad besides, you enjoyed it, though.
1: Yeah, besides that, the game was, uh, it was definitely fantastic. I'd say right up there with Game of the Year for me, even though it is it is glorified DLC. Is that your favorite game on the Switch, officially? It is definitely my favorite game on the Switch, although there's one I'm actually playing right now that's <laughs> that's getting pretty close to it. And I think if I hadn't played uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on Wii U first, and I went through it doing co-op with my buddy Cube, which was a, a trip itself, that game's actually way harder... In co-op than it is single-player, but if I Believe hadn't me, played I,
0: that, no, I've actually played that game co-op. It's pretty rough.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it can be terrible. You guys can really screw each other over And that's my, and that's
0: my job as a platformer master.
1: That's true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not like I'm, a about, as, I'm about as good at those as I am first-person shooters.
1: I think you're probably a little bit better platformers. Uh, I don't know if I'll give myself that much credit. So. <laughs> I remember those Halo skills, my friend. Yes, yes, fair enough.
0: Well, you know, speaking of a game that uh, I also brought up last month, and that is Time Spinner. I finally got a chance to you know sit down and finish it, and last month I declared it uh, very potentially my my game of the year, and I think I still stand by that even even after spending about seventeen to 18 hours on it i've done i've pretty much 100 percented the entire game on normal and this is like extreme 100 percent like maxed out my character got all the items uh the only things i haven't done is like max out like the level of some of the weapons and uh my familiars having an absolute blast with it and i can't wait to actually once i i get one more item that they they recently patched into the game i'm very much looking forward to starting a new game plus on a on the next harder difficulty and going through it again, I think that should be pretty fun. But uh, they did recently patch it. I think it was either this week or last week, and they they fixed one of the main gripes I had with the game, which was uh, familiars are kind. They're sort of a big part of the game, even though they're not very powerful and they don't seem to contribute much mid combat. But for whatever reason, they're kind of like shoehorned into the game. I guess it was probably one of the other callbacks to like Symphony of the Night, which is cool because I really liked that system in that game. But they're much more useful in this. And they're really, really difficult to level up here. But uh, they patched in some items and some increase in the leveling speed, which is nice. So people who. For whatever reason, want to level them all up, they can actually like do it within a reasonable amount of time. And it wouldn't take like hundreds of hours of just pointless grinding because they're pretty much useless. On top of that, I actually found out, which also not that big of a deal, but you can actually play it two players. Co-op on the That's same That's really screen. freaking cool. The second player, though, he they control the familiar, which I can imagine would probably be pretty, potentially very boring because they only have a couple of moves. But it's it's kind of cool that they decided to put that in there just for the hell of
1: it. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And just a, a random little sidebar here. I still want to play 20XX with you sometime. I haven't played that game co-op yet. Well, we got to do that then
0: because I, I have it and I don't know what's stopping us besides the time.
1: Do you have it on Switch? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do we have to have the stupid Nintendo online service? Because that could stop I, us because I don't have that right now.
0: Uh, I don't either. Yeah, I don't know really how that works. and I haven't played around with it yeah, because I don't play many games online to begin with.
1: Uh, Time Spinner before I know we, we, you talked about last month. You weren't through it yet. And you said that they kind of stopped using the gimmick of the game about halfway through for use a lot in puzzles at the beginning. Did they ever pick that back up? Good memory. And no, um, they didn't. I
0: think <laughs> they actually dropped it off more so like I can see it being advantageous in like battles where maybe enemies are throwing a lot of projectiles at you. It, but here's the thing, like especially a normal mode, which I'm not expecting it to be super, super difficult, but the game is pretty easy now on nightmare difficulty or the 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 game mode where they lock your character at level one and you can't level up you know slowing down that stuff kind of like you would in Mega Man 11 uh it might be useful i don't know but in a normal playthrough they definitely didn't take advantage of it very often during many of the puzzles it was very few and far between and in combat it's basically useless outside of like one or two enemies that you can't even attack without using it whatever, like the Sands of Time from Prince of Persia game mechanic they have is kind of wasted. But I mean, Time Spinner overall, it, it, it's not just that ability. It's also part of the story. It's part of how you travel around the world, how you do like fast travel and things like that. So it's not totally wasted. And I'm not going to knock it against the game because typically I, I don't want a whole lot of puzzle solving in my Metroidvania game necessarily, especially when it's you know, it's striving to be as good as it can be in comparison to Symphony of the Night, and it, it was a great throwback, which I had almost no complaints about. Kudos to them for making a, a fabulous game that is is still top in the charts for my 2018. That's high praise as you can give. So uh, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's very good.
1: I wonder if they'll I know it's it's an indie game, so it's hard to say. I wonder if they'll get a sequel at some point.
0: That just depends how it's sold. Um I know it got you know, it got a lot of backing on Kickstarter, but that campaign was like five years ago. It, it did kind of go through development hell, and it did have a really small team working on it. But
1: sounds like an indie game. I mean, it yeah. seems,
0: seems like most of those Kickstarters
1: are, God, they get delayed multiple
0: years. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be an indie game that's going to take off nearly as much as like Hollow Knight and Shovel Knight did. Obviously, because it doesn't have Knight in it, like we mentioned. Yeah. That's the, that's the recipe for success.
1: If we ever get a game out there, it's got to end at night. Yeah, no doubt. And I only like one of them.
0: Time Spinner's great. You guys need to go out and get it.
1: Show it some love.
0: Because I definitely like a sequel. And if they had uh, more money to back a, uh, back another one, I'm sure they could do a heck of a lot more uh, with the different game mechanics and things of that nature. And we can never have too many Symphony of the Night clones, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's just me. I'm not going to get sick of them. Just, <laughs> just saying. What else you play this month?
1: Well, I know a game you talked about in our Underrated Games episode. And you decided to convince me to go ahead and bust it back out. It would be Dungeon Fighter Online. I actually uh, just started playing this the other day. And because I just got a, a control from my computer, which I hadn't had uh, like a working one for a while. So, so I had, you know, got a control for super cheap on eBay. So it's like, hey, let's, let's give this a shot again. And the game is still as much fun as I remember it. At least I'm, I mean, I'm early into it. But yeah, I mean, I picked the... Uh, the agent? Have you tried that class yet? I think it's pretty new.
0: It is the newest one, yes. I have not tried it though.
1: Okay, I'm a, a specialist right now. Does that mean so. are you are you like a
0: 007 or what are you? Are you like a sword sword yeah, dude? Yeah, like
1: it's a a big old sword type dude.
0: Okay, yeah, I didn't I didn't I saw some of the, like the video previews for it, but I didn't He's got like a little, it. a little
1: pistol too. I mean, it's freaking cool, but everything in this game looks cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, everything's so flashy. It's it's hard to pick a favorite. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I started uh, going back and forth. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There's like, even if you don't level the characters, you just play the game for like 20 hours on one character. There's still like 40 other classes to go back to if you want. And they all feel pretty different and super flashy in their own right. Because I started playing it a couple weeks ago, too, uh, without even knowing that you were playing it. And I started up uh, because I just recently got it on Steam. So I've kind of moved away from my I don't think I have uh, Dungeon Fighter Online installed through uh, Nexon's client currently, but I'd have to redo that if I wanted to play with you, I think.
1: Yeah. Is there any difference? No, it's the same
0: game. It's just a different provider.
1: Okay, I didn't know because I know Nexon has that uh, basically time limit on there where It's kind of set up like a mobile game where you get X amount of stamina per day, which is, I mean, you get plenty unless you're literally having nothing to do and just sit here all day for like eight hours and play Dungeon Fighter. I mean, i have never run into an issue with it, but I didn't know if that still happened in the Steam version or not. Oh,
0: I'm sure it probably does, because if if I remember correctly, you just throw it, you just open it from Steam and it opens up the launcher.
1: Okay, gotcha. It's literally the exact same then.
0: Yeah, I just don't open it up from my desktop.
1: Yep, that's probably right. the only the, difference.
0: Right, that's what I used to do. But yeah, I uh, started a gunner, and I started another. I think I started a male mechanic. He doesn't. He doesn't just fix cars. I promise you that though. <laughs> he like
1: That sounds really lame.
0: Right. you no. He just drops like these epic robot turrets and these little uh, these little robots that kind of just scoot across the ground and they're just like landmines. And then he also has. He gets his like giant. Uh, like laser gun that just kind of like hangs out behind him and just shoots everybody around him. He's basically like a, a really passive like summoner class, which I always appreciate.
1: Which one was the one that has like the like the rocket launcher? That's probably the launcher, isn't it? That has like the rocket launchers and stuff, which would make very, sense.
0: Very astute.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, both the the male and female version actually aren't really that different. For anybody who's interested in that kind of deep dive into the game, usually the character skills, they only have uh, one or two uh, regular skills that are very different. Uh, So like if you're playing like a male or female grappler, there isn't a huge difference, but there are uh, by the time if you like maxed out your character and you got their first and second awakening skills, they uh, they're they're reasonably different at that point, but not while you're you're leveling up. I don't know if you noticed that, or it made it difficult for you to pick a character at any time.
1: It it did. I mean, for a little bit. I know the female gunner. I remember one of the one of the ones they can turn into. Like the male turns into, I forgot what the female turns into. Like Blodia, which is like a shout out from Jen from Cyberbots and Marvel's Capcom fame. So yeah, was, like, she that gets she
0: pretty cool. Yeah, she well she gets like this like mini mech suit and like launches all of these different attacks. But the male gunner can summon. Uh I think it's called like the the Gibel punch or something, but it like summons a robot like Jen does in Marvel's Capcom 2. Oh nice. Does that punch across the screen? So yeah, that's no, pretty cool. Yeah, they're both pretty different. They've got a they've got a few different skills. Uh like I said, she does all like bust out a bunch of different uh guns and like basically blows up the whole screen, but he also has an attack where he'll like instead of just the punch, he'll summon a portal and it'll basically have like 100 robots do this like explosive death march across the screen.
1: Yeah, that's Dungeon more, Fighter Online
0: that. right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just ridiculous, over the top, fun side scrolling. Beat up action. That's all it the is. one
1: thing I wish you could do, though. It's set up like Diablo where you can't actually customize your character as far as appearance goes. Correct. I mean, you but can they... buy like stuff and find random things to put on. them, kind of like Tekken. Got to make money somehow. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I wish you could actually even if it was just like, you know, five different things, it'd be cool if you could, you know, change a hairstyle or the look just a tad. But at you least most of the characters look cool enough.
0: But. No, I agree with you. But, you know, I don't know if you notice when a dungeon fighter online, those costumes actually give you advantages. They actually have stats. Oh, I did not know that. I thought they just made you look cool. Well, they do make you look cool, but they also give you uh, certain benefits.
1: So that's why people that's why in game you pretty much like if you're doing fancy pants in-game raids you have to to buy stuff yeah you do have to buy stuff and i don't
0: think it's necessarily based on like oh this is the new stuff so it's immediately better and they charge you for it but a lot of free-to-play games i play if you own they'll like calculate how many of these costumes you have bought be it with real money or in-game currency and depending upon how many you have that's like the statistical bonus it gives you so it's like an alternate bit of character progression that also kind of promotes you to throw money at it. But it's a free-to-play game, and they got to do that in some way. Otherwise... Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't mind it when the whole game is basically free-to-play, and then it lets you... I mean, as long as they're not charging, like, an arm and a leg for everything, I don't mind supporting, like, a, a company and giving them a few bucks here and there.
0: Especially when the game's good.
1: Yeah, exactly, especially when the game's good. It's not like you're dropping, you know, 60 bucks on Call of Duty, and then they're throwing loot boxes at you, so... Which apparently yeah. they just put in Black Ops Four, which I have no interest in getting. I keep hearing it's great, but apparently now they decide to drop loot boxes in there, which is pretty funny in my opinion. Did they drop it in after the release? Yeah, they dropped it in oh. after the review scores were already all in, and they just—they're dropping them in. Yeah, they're dropping them in next month. They just announced it like one day this past week that they're putting in a a cash shop for um, upgrades. So. How how is
0: anybody happy about that
1: they can't be and no. like that's that's shadier like, than like battlefront in my opinion at least they did it like up front
0: i agree i don't know like well it depends if it's like as big of an advantage or like as shitty as it was in battlefront 2 i don't know
1: yeah um, i mean that was like an ultimate terrible thing the way they did for battlefront just progression i mean maybe it's just I mean, I know it's more than just 100% cosmetic, though. I was going to say maybe it's just cosmetic like Fortnite where everything is literally just, you know, for for looks. Then I wouldn't mean I could care less if people want to blow money. It's like Overwatch. I don't care if people want to blow money on loot boxes if you're just getting cosmetic stuff that has zero effect on gameplay. But once you start affecting the gameplay and, you know, how powerful your characters are, then I'm out.
0: Yeah, especially when the game's only multiplayer. I mean, and I'm sure most of it's, online competitive oh i'm sure I don't, I don't know if that one's only battle royale i'm sure they still have like standard deathmatch and stuff too but i don't know i don't follow it in the least uh,
1: i would imagine they do but yeah i have i have no idea but just did see that last week and that's super shady i'm gonna do a sweet segue
0: speaking of free another <laughs> game i played probably my most played game this month uh, was path of exile I think I mentioned I was playing that last month too, but
1: oh you 're back at it again, huh
0: uh, I never stopped uh, <laughs> over the the course of the last month. This is the first time i 've ever actually played it to this extent um, i I went ahead and finished the whole campaign i got I have a character at level eighty three I have my uh, witch necromancer zombie build uh still pretty bare bones don 't have a lot of like the the key unique items to make the build. Super successful, but I'm doing all the end game content just kind of grinded through it. Uh, one thing that was cool like Path of Exile does something that Diablo Three has just sucked at throughout its history throughout its existence is the way they they set up the seasons Diablo for a long time didn't do anything, and then within the last like two years, they started having like little kind of like seasonal events but they've been totally lame path of exile like every season they they seem to incorporate like a new system into the game that's like permanent even after this season's over like they'll have like these events that'll just occur like in the middle of maps where you'll find like for example you'll find like a a strong box or something and you have to uh, you have you'll like interact with it'll it pop up a bunch of enemies and you have to kill them and and you'll get a bunch of loot that one's not that big of a deal but they also have cool ones that drop different types of currency that give you uh different ways to kind of mess with your your equipment which is fun and these are like i said these are just things they added every season and this season they added something called delve which is basically like an unlimited like procedurally generated dungeon that you can just keep going down and you go down like uh, level by level. I don't want to say room by room, but it's just kind of like, just like imagine like a giant like coal mine where there's just endless shafts going left, right and down and it just never ends. And you go down there and you're kind of like spelunking for different kinds of loot. And it's, it's real short bursts, like typically probably a minute to maybe at the most, a three minute run. And then you just have to like defend a uh, defend a spot and then it just rains loot on you. And Mm -hmm. basically what you do is you earn the right to go uh, to delve deeper into the cave as you're playing other content in the game. You'll find you'll find little like deposits of whatever material you have to use to power up your little mine cart that can take you down. So it creates this awesome gameplay loop where you're not doing the same thing for too long. So at like an end game, the main thing you do, you don't go back and just like grind old, old axe necessarily. You can, but uh, what you do is they have this like map or it's called like the Atlas of Worlds and you find maps that drop as items. And they're basically different procedurally generated levels, but you can also like use all of your currency that you use to, like, upgrade your equipment and, like, make them special, like, give them magical properties and things. You can also use those on these maps to create, like, a much more powerful map that has much more difficult enemies, much higher chance of dropping rare loot, and it also helps you kind of navigate through this atlas of worlds, which basically allows you to go to even harder dungeon or not harder dungeons, but harder uh, maps, just so you can get uh, better loot, but the cool thing is, like, while you're doing the maps, you're also finding the currency to let you go into this this cave that you're delving into. So you're kind of, like, going in between them, so you're never doing the same thing for too long, so it doesn't feel repetitive. That was one of the main things I liked, and I thought that was a huge addition that they made.
1: Yeah, it's cool when they do any kind of season content, or when they break it up like that. And I didn't realize that was a thing until a couple of years ago in Diablo, because how long did it take them to even do seasons? I know... Oh, I they no, they're way back th- in the day.
0: They're on season 15. They've been doing okay. seasons for a while. But the thing is, like, seasons were basically just, you know, start, you know, your characters fresh, which is fine. But they never, like, had anything going on in the game that kind of made it different than the last season outside of, you know, like, what sets they gave you. Like, once you got to a certain point in the game, they gave you that set. That's how you started, you know, just grinding. And that was it. So and they recently within season 13 or 14 I can't remember this was their season idea. Well just anytime you find goblins there's going to be two of them. That's it. <laughs> I was like you couldn't have like created a new like gameplay feature or something. Cuz I mean Path of Exa I don't know how long it's been out. I think it's like 5 or 6
1: years 20. now maybe. 14 maybe? Could be before that. I'm not sure. It's just a shot in the dark. You think Path of Exile has been out for 14 years? No, t- 2014. Is what oh, I okay. I was but, like, wow. Yeah. I don't think
0: so. You know, since <laughs> I was like, you may be wrong for <laughs> once. Yeah, no, that sounds right. And, I mean, it's a it's a free-to-play game. and
1: 100% free-to-play. I mean, a lot more yes. than Destiny Fighter Online. Like Everything is cosmetic that you buy in the shop. Period.
0: Yeah. The only things that would potentially enhance your abilities oh. is like buying like additional stash tabs. Yeah. Like more inventory space um, because you do get you do pick up a ton of items. There's a tons tons of different currencies, tons of different recipes. Like there is so much to learn about this game. It's ridiculous. I was the game really surprised is... and I'm still learning.
1: I was going to say that's a good and a bad thing because the game is very intimidating. Oh, yeah. If you're looking to go in, because, I mean, I went in, I started, um, I believe it was like a duelist to, mm-hmm. where you eventually get to champion. And, I mean, the way, I mean, just looked at all the builds online stuff. And then, of course, after you look at all these builds, you realize that you're building them basically really stupid in comparison to lots of people's. But, I mean, I'm not looking to do anything extremely epically high leveled or anything, but I kind of wish that I would have looked into it a little further before I started with a, a build. I wish it would have had more of a plan, I guess. So that's kind of one thing that kept me from from going back to it recently to realize how much I really screwed up my first character. Yeah, well, I, I think
0: that's one of the things that they expect. And I I think that's that's pretty common for you know, any ARPG where they make you completely, like, dictate your build. Like, I mean, that was even the case back when I used to play Diablo 2. Like, if you didn't look up a build, there's a high probability you were going to mess it up somewhere along the way. Uh, Path of Exile does make it reasonably easier than a lot of those games to go ahead and respec. Because while the item that allows you to respec one of your points is kind of rare... At this point, I'm sitting on like 20 or 30 of them, so I could respect 20 or 30 of my points. And it's not that bad if you consider that not everybody's going to level everything in a straight line where you'd have to have 90 of those to get back to the beginning or something like that. And it is
1: really cool, too, though, that, I mean, even if the build is not the most optimal, ideal thing, it feels unique and it feels like it's actually your build, which is one thing that's cool about it. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: there's so many abilities, there's so many skills, there's so many unique items that like alter those skills. It would seem almost impossible to have an exact photocopy of a build unless of someone else's build, unless you went online. And then obviously, uh, yeah, took it from literally a... stole it. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, some people like to do. They like they wanna they wanna leg up when they're like a new season starts. They want a viable build to start out with, one that's easy to build. That's actually one thing that I really enjoyed about the game. Um, that I kind of forgot that I really enjoyed since I played so much Diablo 3 is that I like how infrequently some of the unique items, which are basically Diablo legendaries, how infrequently they drop. And and while I have probably 30 or 40 of them at this point in the game, there's hundreds of them. And only a couple of them that I found were like super useful for my class because there's not like that smart Uh, loot drops where you you pretty much only get things that are useful to you but you can save those in your stash and you can build other characters towards those uniques which i've found a lot of stuff i'm like ah i should start a new character so they can use that because that'd be really cool the way that that interacts with the different skills that i'd want to use on them so i find that very
1: interesting it's nice when a legendary actually feels like a legendary and i don't know if you've played much destiny 2 but that was the biggest problem in vanilla Destiny 2 is legendaries were just getting thrown out like they were commons, basically, so that made the legendaries just garbage. Yes, they were exotic were
0: you actually you could be talking about legendary equipment, but I don't know which one you're actually talking about. No,
1: I'm talking about exotics, I was just throwing out the term legendary generic term,
0: but fair enough fair enough you yeah, know i I mean that was the case with the first game, very few of them actually felt that interesting and they definitely don't change the way you play like they don't actually have any subtext on the item that actually changes an ability in any unique way or sometimes their fire pattern is a little bit different than like a default handgun or something like that but it never really feels
1: exotic yeah i mean that's at least in the first game though like it was harder to get at least in certain certain patches like it was hard to get an exotic or a lot harder to get just any kind of rare drop, whereas in the second one, I guess they've, for the most part, fixed it with Forsaken, it seems like. It's just, it's annoying to me. If something's supposed to be epic, legendary, whatever you want to call it, like, you shouldn't just be throwing them out like candy. Yeah, because you want
0: them to feel, you want to feel good when you find them. I mean, like, that's that's the point of continuing to That's the point play. of these games. <laughs> yeah, you want to find those powerful items, but if it's like Diablo, where you're going through a rift, you kill the uh, the final boss, and he drops, like, 12 legendary <laughs> items all right i'm gonna vendor all that stuff well that's because... one
1: reason i actually stopped diablo because i felt freaking like jacked and overpowered and i didn't even play you know half as long as you or brad or cubed or hardly anyone and i've i was decked out with all kinds of legendaries oh i have i have zero doubt. Like
0: Diablo Three has changed so much from when it came out to what it became after Reaper of Souls, and then even to this day, it's really just about you get to a point where you find a set. All the sets on the the characters are overpowered it, it, compared to like any other items. There's I feel like there's not any character customization in Diablo Three that can be done at this point anymore. There all the all the basic builds have been dictated, and they. They balance the game around them. I have this set. Now I do 5,400% more damage with this skill. Okay, well, that's what you're going to be doing for the rest of the game if that's what you want to do. You can't use any other skills because that's the one that does that much more damage. The rest of them are just going to tickle the enemy, which I find that really obnoxious.
1: That's really dumb. There's basically one meta set that you need to use or you're just gimping yourself. Well, I mean, there's like four
0: or five per class. Let's go back to Path of Exile here, where you, you have your, you have, you have your, you know, you, you went through your, your skill tree, if you will. You set up like what kind of different damage you wanted to do. You wanted to be a melee fighter. You wanted to be a mage, something like that. You find your uniques that will empower, let's say, one of your skills. For example, there's a, there's an item that you get. I don't remember what it's called, but what it does is it cuts the number of zombies that you can summon in half. So you can only have half as many as you have. It like triples their life. It like doubles the damage of their AOE attacks and they do AOE attacks like all the time. So it empowers them, but it also makes it where you have to think about your build and you'll be like, well, maybe I need to figure out a way so I can actually summon more zombies. That way that that drawback isn't as bad as I thought it would be before, because ultimately your zombies are super empowered at that point. But there is a there is a trade off that that you have to get to think about and maybe offset with other uniques or uh, even even the rare items in the game that aren't uniques. They if they roll well, they can be extremely powerful and are very, very in game viable. You're not just you're not just set to be using only unique items, which I think is incredible, which when you play Diablo, you have to have at least one set and then the rest of your items, if they're not legendaries, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, so, exactly.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of annoying. But like I said, Diablo 3 is great for people who don't want as complicated a game as Path Exile is because it's it's kind of ridiculous, but I find it very rewarding and I like to I like to deep dive into my games. So there's like there's an endless learning curve there if I want if I want there to be.
1: Yeah, I guess the well, I play on Xbox. That's one of the annoying parts for me is the inventory system. is I've not never seen a...
0: so much loot drop in my life. <laughs> I'll have to send you a picture. I sent a picture uh, to one of my buddies. Uh, I, was, I was playing in the morning. I sent it to him. I'm like, is this your to do list for today? It was like a Monday. He's like, what just happened? There's literally like there's literally like 130 items just on my screen. I can't even see my character. I don't know what you do on an Xbox controller. Like, I don't yeah. know how to... <laughs> Do you actually have to like walk over an item and hit a or something to pick something up. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, it, you have, like, no inventory space, too. Yeah, you have very limited inventory space in that game. Actually, I'm expecting they didn't change it like they did in Diablo 3 when you played it on console, where you're not necessarily messing with item management, but you can, like, hold so many items and use that, like, radial menu to get through them.
1: Oh, it's, it's uh... No, it's like Resident Evil. I mean, you if you're holding on, like, a big axe that takes up, like, a big part of your backpack or whatever it is, like... It's a it's a terrible system,
0: probably a mistake to bring that to console if they weren't going to adjust that some way. Because, yeah, that would totally turn me off because that feels super efficient. The speed at which you can do that with a mouse compared to a controller is just unrivaled. And I feel like I'd lose my mind.
1: That's the that's my biggest issue with the game. But overall, it's still a really good game and it's free. I mean, the last two games we mentioned were free games, which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, they're, they're definitely going up in quality. I mean, they used to just be kind of throwaway Korean RPGs that I didn't want to play. RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, RuneScape, even though I know a lot of people like RuneScape. I've uh, never delved into that. But free-to-play games are definitely getting a huge foothold on the market at this point. Have you played Warframe?
1: I've heard it's really good, but I haven't played it. It is pretty cool. I think you'd like it. Probably. I mean, it's, a lot of people like it better than Destiny, and it's free, so probably would. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Well, right, let's move on. I think I've been talking
0: about Path of Exile for like 30 <laughs> minutes.
1: So the next one I'm going to talk about is uh, one that I was super excited to pick up uh, earlier in the month, and that is a uh, good old Mega Man 11. And I've actually waited way longer than I thought to really dive into this game. I wanted to get done with Xenoblade first. And right now, I'm. I mean, I like it, but I'm kind of torn on it.
0: You're the only person torn about it. I'm excited well, to hear your argument, unless it's just about the Switch.
1: I mean, the Switch controls are are super annoying for it. Maybe I should have got it on uh, PS4, but I'd rather have the portability, and the Switch just doesn't feel good. I mean, I play a lot in portable mode, but the controls on that thing, especially just the stick itself, I'd rather be using a D-pad, I guess, since I have on most Mega Man games. But, man, it's... Uh, you I can't can use kill- the
0: D-pad? You can't switch to it?
1: I mean, that's not really a D-pad. I mean, it's, it You're still right. feels, yeah, it still feels super awkward. I never even tried to switch to it, but I mean, those are those are buttons. I don't even call that a D-pad. And I agree. So you think if you had a pro controller, you that
0: would alleviate that one hundred percent?
1: I think it. I think it definitely would. And actually, the other thing I'm not huge on is the graphical style. I actually think Mega Man Eight looks a lot better than Mega Man Eleven. I'm not digging the uh, the two point five D. I think they could have just went like super stylistic 2D and it would have looked way cooler. Like even the way Mega Man 8 animates, I think it looks like if you put those two next to each other, you'd be hard pressed not to to think that 8 is actually the newer game, in my opinion. I mean, I just think it looks better than 11. 11, I mean, it, it plays it plays well enough. A lot of the bosses are are super well designed. I'm not that far into it yet, so I don't want to. Uh, slowly pick it apart, but I'm actually not loving it as much as I hoped I would, which is a little disappointing. And I know I played Blockman stage to death, and it was actually the first person I beat. I think I beat him like my first run through it. Excited you to would... dive a little bit further in, but man, it's so far it's a it's a tad disappointing.
0: Well, Blockman was the guy in the demo, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't mind the the art style that much. I kind of liked it, but I can definitely see your argument against playing it on the Switch. The the controls don't do it any favors, especially like I was I was holding my Switch today. and I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that joystick underneath on the right side. That's annoyingly placed for an action game. It's like too close to the buttons.
1: Well, even like like I played a lot of 20 XX on there and they have dash set up. Is the R button, and that actually works out okay. But when you have to actually hold down, and you have to be hold completely, like down completely, if there's any kind of diagonal in there, Mega Man will just stand there and get hit instead of slide out of the way. Hmm. But yeah, I wish they would just mapped it. I mean, I know it would have gone away from the old school Mega Mans of one through eleven, but they should just mapped it like a freaking R button. It would have made more sense. Yeah, that's
0: fair. So the verdict's still out on the game overall, but the how... verdict's
1: really still out on the game. I mean, I don't know I guess what I was expecting or, or anything. And so far I've I've only beaten um three of the robot masters, and I was surprised that Blockman's the only one I've run into that's had multiple forms. I kinda thought that was gonna be a a thing going forward. Oh, so that's why they put him in the demo then, huh? That would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is really freaking cool. And then I beat a couple other people and I was like, well, they didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I
0: I doubt it's because you beat them too fast. Because I don't know why that would stop them from going into a different form.
1: No, because block man, you get him down to a certain amount of life. He just goes into the next stage. So, yeah. What's your uh, beginning outlook on the gear system? The gear system is, it's nice overall. Honestly, I forget to use it most of the time. I just totally forget about it and I think it makes some of it some of the game harder than it's supposed to be because I'll just completely forget the gear system exists until I die by something probably stupid that if I slowed it down it would be fine. I never really used the power one.
0: I thought that was really useful against like many bosses and
1: stuff. Definitely oh, the speed one on.
0: is for sure. No, I meant I meant the I meant the power the gear power one? Oh, yeah I, I like the
1: speed one to get a gazillion hits against the mini bosses I think that one comes in way more clutch than the power gear yeah I don't know I, I just liked how it also
0: like changed the the attacks on your special weapons too so I don't know if you were just mostly sticking to your
1: that your does buster. that is kind of cool like when you buff up the the blocks or whatever um the other other things you have and yeah I still do stick to my buster most of the time it's kind of the way I've just Always played Mega Man is basically use the powers against the bosses. And that's that's about it.
0: The boss powers, though, in this one, especially since you can just kind of go between them a little bit more flexibly than you could in some of the previous games, especially with that like radial menu.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Which
0: which I appreciate. I always kind of hated switching between them with the L and R buttons or whatever they were.
1: Well, yeah, because there was never if you had to get like just you know bright man's power and it was the fourth one either way you hit l or r you still got to cycle through three or four before you ever get to it
0: yeah but uh i i think they're actually the ones that i've seen uh, they actually seem pretty well designed while in most Mega Man games i always think there's like four or five that seem pretty useless unless you're using them against the boss that they're weak to
1: yeah and i think i gotta just just toy around with the levels more i think i haven't just haven't given it a fair shake yet i guess the art styles kind of turn me off a little bit, and then the fact that um, the couple bosses I fought besides Block Man haven't had as much special treatment—it feels like—as he did. I mean, they think they knew he was going to be the demo boss, so let's go all out. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Have you attempted to play the game on your TV? See if you think if you feel differently about the graphics.
1: I actually haven't because I usually uh, play it when my wife playing Overwatch out there. So I well, I, how have you TV not beaten the game
0: yet? Then you have so <laughs> much time. Because
1: I just got finished with Xenoblade. Oh, that's and fair. then we've been marathoning, um, what's that, like Hill House or whatever it is on Netflix. I don't know what that is. Should I watch it? Yeah, it's like The Haunting of Hill House. You should check it out. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've heard so very the whole good things about that. So yeah, it's, it well, was that means good I, I watched it last night, so check it out. Have you watched Castlevania yet? oh season? heck yeah
0: oh heck yeah that was one of the things i was going to bring up for sure <laughs> okay for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah no we actually, actually
1: just watched the last
0: episode uh this morning uh, i actually got uh my wife to watch the entirety of the first season the day before or i guess it was the 25th the day before season two dropped and she actually ended up liking it which yeah, was a huge so
1: yeah my wife did too so
0: yeah so there you go if anybody's doubting this as being the greatest video game adaptation of all time <laughs> it is indeed. No, um, I like I said, we watched the first seven episodes in one sitting
1: because season two
0: is twice as long as the first season, which yeah, is eight great. So the four. Yeah, because yeah. you are
1: just I mean, basically the cliffhanger in the first ones, they're just getting started. Yeah, that fourth episode was awesome. Uh, season two,
0: definitely a lot of new characters brought in, uh, a, a couple of characters while I'm a huge Castlevania fan, I, I saw these characters and they're all, and they're all kind of designed a little bit differently, but there's two, uh, new characters that are kind of on the bad side that, uh, are definitely a main focus of season two. And that is, uh, Hector and Isaac. And at first, like halfway through the first episode, I was like, or second episode, whenever they get introduced, I was like. Oh, these characters are interesting, but I don't know who they are. And I was like, oh, these are the two main uh, protagonists and antagonists from Castlevania Curse of Darkness, which is one of the PS2, the second PS2 game. Oh, and and they're like uh, forge masters and they have the ability to like uh, reanimate the dead, which is which is of interesting use to someone like Dracula, who's wanting to destroy humankind, but also have a giant army behind Mm -hmm. him. So that's very useful. So he he brought them two along. And so it was kind of uh, getting to know them from a different perspective because I hadn't really remembered them too much from Curse of Darkness, even though it's a pretty good game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to check that out. Honestly, after the podcast here tonight, check out the first episode of, of season two. But you should definitely check out the Haunting of Hill House, too. Oh,
0: I will now that I don't have anything to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, the only thing
0: that I would I would tell people about season two, um, it is just as good, if not better than season one. Uh, People may be a little um, turned back by there's just a lot of character building, like the first, you know, five, six episodes. These new characters, obviously, they got to introduce them and there's there's a pretty good amount of them. But uh, they also take some time to expand on the relationship between Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard. So they spent a lot of time on that, too, which is great. Uh, I appreciated it. But there's not a ton of action until the last few episodes of the season. Episode seven, spoiler alert, not going to tell you anything about it, but it got me super giddy as a Castlevania fan. It was <laughs> everything I was hoping the show was going to be just like compacted into like a 27 minute episode. Nice. I was so from from the they they brought in the the perfect music for the scenario so I was just like, mm, this is this is amazing. So <laughs> I highly suggest everybody go watch that. And if they've already watched it or they're waiting for some reason, they should also pick up Castlevania Requiem on the PS4. Is that the next one on your list? <laughs> May as well be. I think it flows pretty well. So that came out on the 26th as well. So it was like early Christmas for me. Uh, Castlevania Requiem, as I've mentioned before, is a uh, it's a real ro- it's a re-release of Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood, and it's basically a port of the PSP game. While I am disappointed, it's kind of like a dumbed-down version of that game because they they kind of like took out all the special features and they didn't include the 2.5D remake of Rondo of Blood, which was kind of disappointing. I felt like they may as well.
1: Yeah, but, you're Yeah.
0: It was kind of frustrating, but they did include... Because the port of Symphony of the Night on the PSP does have some some features on it that uh, the PlayStation version of Castle Night Symphony of the Night doesn't have. It has a couple of extra uh, familiars that you can find in the game, and it also has uh, Maria as a playable character and uh, an extra boss fight that's not in Symphony of the Night for the PS1 version. So, I mean, that's cool. I appreciate that because there's more gameplay to be had there. Uh, and I know a lot of people are probably going to... I don't know. People seem to be making a big stink about the fact that the the old voice acting's not in it. Because it's kind of classic and ridiculous to love, because it was just terrible. But you know,
1: I was gonna say it's one of those where I'm sure the new one's technically better, but you're just so used to the old one, it's, it's like well, you, you know, don't want anything new. Well, you know,
0: it's weird. Like they rewrote it and revoiced acted it. Like it's different. Oh, it's different pros. Like during the conversations, it's weird. I don't know why they did that. Maybe they thought that like the the rest of the writing was bad. Or like the, the new voice actors are like, hell no, I'm not going to voice act that.
1: That's
0: <laughs> terrible. You know, they also actually changed the, the credit roll theme song at the end of the game, too.
1: That's a more bizarre choice, I would think. Actually,
0: actually, I don't think that's that bizarre. Because while I actually liked the song, but then again, I just like everything about Symphony of the Night. It was, very, <laughs> it was a very strange choice. It's like this love ballad at the end of it. <laughs> it's just like, a, I don't know. I, I liked it for what it was, but yet they kind of replaced it with just more Castlevania esque music at the end. Uh, a lot of different changes there, but ultimately it's still Symphony of the Night, still Rondo of Blood, uh, classic games. I've already played through Symphony of the Night. I think I beat it two days ago.
1: Two Friday days ago, came, it came out. out two days <laughs> ago.
0: Yeah, so I guess I beat it yesterday. I finished it. I did like a quick run of it so I could unlock all of the different gameplay features, all the extra characters and like the new game plus, even though there's not really a new game plus, but you beat the game once and then you play through it again and you can actually find all the items. You can't do that until you do that. You can't do that until you do that. Hmm. Nice, Nice. <laughs> yeah. that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it and I haven't had a chance to play it on the big screen in like five or six years because I've mostly been playing it on the PSP and my ps3 has been dead as a doornail for a few years <laughs> and the the shame. ps the ps1 is, is gaining dust in my probably a box in the closet so but it was it was a joy to play through a again and I, I i think i ended up finishing in about 7 hours but i'm looking forward to going through and playing it again and 100% completing it which should probably take 50 or 60 so it really takes might be long. all i do Oh, yeah, well, when I say 100%, I mean, like, I have to get every drop from every enemy. I have to max out all of my familiars. The only thing I don't do is max out my character, because that takes forever.
1: Okay, so you're going, like, true completionist, 100% everything.
0: uh, Yeah, I have to. It's a requirement. (laughs) Plus, that's my way of telling Konami, yeah, you know, I bought it again. How about I get a new game? (laughs) One day. Yeah, one day. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, you get both games for 20 bucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd the budget be... price tag, especially since a lot of people, you know, Symphony Night hasn't been released, and I was going to, it's probably like 2006 or seven since it came out, and we picked it up on the PSP. So, I mean, it's been at least 10 years since it's been released. I think it's time for a re-release. It came, out on, the, it came out
0: on the 360 and PS3 digitally. It wasn't that after it
1: came out on the PSP? I'd say so, but like you said, the PSP one kind of has the most features there, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, no, it definitely does. I wish they would
1: just would have ported that directly. Because yeah,
0: it's, it. it's those versions of the game, just like minus all the other stuff that's in there. I don't I don't get it. That's it's bizarre. It's very bizarre. But yeah, pick it up. It's great.
1: Yeah, $20 price tag. I mean, you can't really go wrong. Uh, the next one that I actually uh, just started playing recently here, and it's actually taking time away from Mega Man 11. And I'm actually liking it more right now. I don't know if you've had a chance to play this one yet, but the Messenger on a Switch is a fantastic game. Um, that sounds very familiar. It's the the Ninja Gaiden clone. Oh yeah basically. Yeah no
0: no I haven't played that one yet.
1: Except it's it's more like a Metroidvania. It is the second half of it, isn't it? and it? In like the
0: first half of it.
1: The first half is, is pretty pretty standard, like scrolling through in the second half. It kinda of turns into a Metroidvania. The whole thing is just really cool. I mean to get to switch between eight bit and sixteen bit is just a gimmick that I don't think anyone else thought of. That's freaking genius, and they both play extremely well. And like even in some boss fights, you switch between them and you get you fight completely different bosses based on which version you're in, and you have to switch them up like. Mid-fight. It's kind of hard to describe it. I mean, I'm sure you can look at videos online, check it out. Is
0: there an advantage to doing that? Like, are they are they sometimes, like, easier or have, like, extra weaknesses if you're fighting them in a... No, know? like,
1: you basically have to kill both of them. <laughs> oh, okay. And just the whole mechanic, like, I think they call it, like, cloud jumping, where basically every time you hit anything with your sword, you gain an extra jump. So, and some of the sections have some pretty hard platforming. It's kind of hard to remember at the beginning, like just say Castlevania where they have the candles or whatever up there. It's like an item you would jump up, you'd hit that and then you gain another jump and be able to hit another one. And then you gain another jump and you can pretty much, if you have a lot of stuff in front of you, you can basically stay in the air for a long fricking time. And they use that gimmick really well. And that's also a cool thing that I've never really played in any other type metroidvania or just 2d scroller and the game overall it has a lot of humor in it too i mean the writing is done pretty well it doesn't take itself super seriously but it kind of it came out of nowhere a little bit i mean i heard it was good and i was like okay it's you know it's not too much give it a shot and i'm liking it way more than i don't know i had any right to way more than i thought i would and it would definitely be right up your alley i was gonna say what made you pick it up or had had you had it
0: uh in your
1: library for a while no i hadn't and i had heard been hearing good things basically from from everywhere and i was just looking through the e-shop and just randomly saw it on there and i was like hmm
0: is it 20
1: on the switch yeah it is okay which means same price as symphony night there so i think it's they're probably both worth a purchase especially you hadn't played symphony night in a while but i would definitely go out of your way to play the messenger
0: yeah, I'm definitely waiting to, waiting for it to go on sale somewhere. Um, I'm sure it will here eventually.
1: Is it even on Steam? Is it on anything? But oh but yeah, Switch? it's on Steam. It's on Steam. Okay, everything is at this point. That's right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I might prefer to get it on Switch. I if I find a Metroidvania game on sale, um, I tend to prefer to get it on Switch if I can. But that's just me. But yeah, the game looks really cool. It definitely got a lot of buzz there for, for like the first for a Week hot or minute two? and then yeah. i kinda forgot
1: about it <laughs> yeah and then just saw it again i was just looking at the sales and just saw it on the shop there i thought i know everybody talks about golf story i thought about picking that up but it just doesn't sound that amazing
0: what if it's as cool as mario golf did I mean, you ever mario. play mario Golf? did they did you ever play that one, or was that mario tennis that you i have played mario on game boy color that okay. i have
1: on game boy color. it's an rpg i think mario golf is too but i don't have that one i haven't played it I think it's set up kind of like that, but I'd rather it be tennis story than golf story.
0: I think tennis games tend to be a little bit more interesting. But yeah, that game looks kind of lighthearted and doesn't look like it takes itself seriously at all. Seems like it probably just kind of just an offbeat golf RPG, which you don't find every day.
1: (laughs) That's true. Or any day. (laughs) That game came out. Yeah. But yeah, a little back to the messenger. I mean, it's. I don't know, just a breath of fresh air. It definitely has a little bit of the indie feel for better or worse, but. See, I didn't know you'd it? been
0: pining for a ninja guy and experience so much.
1: I mean, we talked about it a little bit on here, and I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to go back. And then I actually um, had the SNES Classic modded, so it has basically everything on there I could want from, has like all the. SNES, Genesis, NES, like PlayStation 64 games and everything got put on there. Playing some of the Ninja Gaiden games on there. I was like, "Well, you know, I'll go with the new experience here." It's not quite as brutally tough as those.
0: Yeah, but no, I find it interesting that you had like two games that kind of prevented you from hitting Mega Man 11 right after it came out. It's pretty yeah. incredible. That says a lot Especially about it. Especially since games, I was yeah, since I
1: was so hyped for it. Yeah, I know. Next month, though, though, sounds like you were
0: in disbelief that it existed. So you're just like, maybe I don't actually own it. Yeah. Is this real? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping you get a, a good amount of time with it this month and hopefully you have better things to say about it.
1: I'd say I probably talk about it will. later. Yeah, I mean, it's still only a a small taste of it. But yeah, they're keeping some roadblocks in the way, but definitely going to power through. It's not going to end up like Hollow Knight.
0: Oh, so is, is this a challenge? Do I need to play Hollow Knight next
1: month? I think so. All right. I mean, I was waiting to hear about it this month. I thought you were just holding out on me, hadn't said anything because you've been enjoying it that much. Uh, yeah, hardly.
0: I've, been, I've just <laughs> had so many games I've been playing this month, it's actually kind of ridiculous. Even though I think the majority, I'd say probably 60 hours of my gaming time, probably has just been playing Path of Exile.
1: I mean, that's, I've been putting still a decent amount of time into 14, but I didn't really think I need to talk about that too much again, since we covered a lot of that last month.
0: Well, I'll just tell everybody, I renewed my subscription for one month, and I think I played it for three hours, so that was good return on investment. <laughs> I went back in, I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm gonna relearn my rotation on my Summoner. I did that, it didn't take too long, I ran a dungeon or two, and I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. Good to go. Back out. Yeah, until you hit uh, seventy, I don't have a lot of motivation to go back to that. At,
1: Give me like two years, I'll be there.
0: I kind of thought I already had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, technically, I started in 2013, so you you kind of have. It's just been a lot of off and on since then. Yeah, that's fair. But, well, hey, I'm up to sixty six or seven. So yeah, I'm you're making
0: close. you are making your way.
1: <laughs> well, for
0: the next game on my list, let's just go ahead and divide 14 by two. I've been playing seven I believe I mentioned this a podcast or two ago. I've at this point, I've probably put six to seven hours into it. I did. I did uh, move away from it a little bit after I started playing it. I'm actually very surprised how much fun I'm having with it again. Like I'm actually kind of appreciating the story this time. Like it was always kind of different and unique. But like I remember you saying last time we talked about it, you're like, I didn't really feel like there was much character development.
1: That yeah, that's always been kind of my issue with like the story itself. I think is good, but I just didn't really care that much about, I guess, about Cloud or.
0: Oh, I don't think anybody really cares about Cloud. He's just he's just kind of this guy who doesn't necessarily have a huge amount of problems going on until maybe the end.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think Aerith and Tifa are way more interesting, but Cloud's just kind of a little too emo for my taste.
0: Yeah, I think Barrett's actually pretty interesting too, but uh, I do agree with you. It, Characters like Sid and Thirteen aren't too terribly interesting. Or Kate Sith. Yeah, he's pretty throwaway. <laughs> pretty throwaway. But uh, yeah, no, I was, I was having a good time. So at this point, I, you know, I escaped Midgar, obviously. And I got to the point where you get on a boat from Junon. You like get on one of the, the Shinra boats and they take you over to Costa del Sol. And I think that's pretty much where I, I cut it off. But no, I had a, I had a lot of fun just messing around with the combat system again. And I, one of the things that I definitely forgot about Final Fantasy seven was the amount of enemy variation in comparison to any of the other Final Fantasy games. I feel like there's like 20 different monsters in each dungeon.
1: And they're not just like you're not going to find like the blue Shinra soldiers and the next battle won't be like red ones and then yellow ones. You'll actually find different enemies.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, and I like how, how much effort they kind of put into a lot of them, and especially like some of the ones you fight and they like transform once you've done a certain amount of damage to them. I don't remember any other or too many other Final Fantasy games that actually put that much effort into making that kind of variety, but it's also, I also found one of the things that I forgot that I don't necessarily like about it, and it's kind of a a qualm that I have with a lot of the more modern Final Fantasy games, especially the PlayStation era, the dungeons aren't very long and I feel like they try to break up exploration and combat a little bit too much with story beats. I feel like you'll do like two or three battles and you'll explore like, I don't know, like the like a quarter of a room and then everybody wants to talk for five minutes. See, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, Kind of breaks it up for me, and I feel like a lot of times, uh in a lot of RPGs, they don't really have much to say. At least this time, while I'm playing Seven, I feel like that was—I felt a little bit different about it. I actually, because yeah, like,
1: usually, like you said, most RPGs, like mid-dungeon, you have story beats before you beat the dungeon. You have a maybe after, or after you go back to town, one of the two, and that's about it. Not like in the middle of the dungeon, like, hey, dun 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 dun, and just start, you know going out in the pros a third of the way through the dungeon. But I actually thought that was kind of cool and unique.
0: Well, I think, I think it is unique. Um, I just, it, it's one of those things. Like I like my, my dungeons separately placed. I just don't like the, have it cut up that much, but I can see someone like you, maybe you'd like the fact that it, it it'll it stop it from getting monotonous and boring. So, I mean, it's definitely better than like the dungeons in the older games where you'll get in, in battles every three steps and you, to get through any dungeon, you probably got to do at least 60 random battles. That's definitely frustrating.
1: Or just grind, you know, four or five levels. Yeah, that's something you definitely don't have to
0: do in seven. No grinding required.
1: Which is awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like seven, I, I don't remember like anything in that game really being difficult. I could be remembering incorrectly. But, you know, I, I had a lot of fun playing it again. I'm definitely going to try to finish it up probably before... Christmas I think it's gonna be like one of those side games that I play along with everything else because it, it did definitely capture me more than the last couple of times I tried to pick it up which I was a little surprised by
1: yeah I mean that is kind of surprising but that's also really cool I mean the so stuff we talked about you're like gotta go pick it up gotta go yeah. play it again that's what well, I was yeah, like a Dungeon
0: yeah. Fighter so yeah that's one of those things when we start talking about these games I'm like I don't have enough time to play them but I definitely want to try and make time to go back to him a little bit, remember him a little bit more. That's for sure. Well, you know what? I got one game left on my list. You got anything else?
1: Uh, yeah, one game, one more that I've been... Uh, it's another old one that I've been playing since I did get the uh, the modded Super Nintendo a while ago, and it's got basically all the, the Game Boy Advance games on there, which is really cool, and that was an awesome system. But I've been uh, playing pokemon on there i'm doing a pokemon nuzlocke challenge you familiar with those i am are you you talking about the original games yeah i'm not sure why i'm playing those again since we're going to be getting uh let's go pikachu and let's go eevee here pretty soon yeah we only got like two and a half weeks yeah i know it's gonna be sweet
0: yeah i'm definitely picking that up
1: yeah i was doing a, a nuzlocke challenge through uh through fire red this time, since I basically always played blue. I'm going through and trying red. And I mean, it's a lot of fun so far. It's been pretty easy. I was going to say, I've never actually done one of those. I've heard that they they can be difficult
0: depending upon what happens, but I've never really had much of a drive to do that.
1: I mean, I could see where the only thing is, I'm afraid it's going to get I'm going to get bored of it and not end up actually finishing it. That's fair. But my team is uh not very cool at the moment. Oh, please do that. tell. Oh, well, so good lord. Rolled a random starter and thankfully ended up with Squirtle, like always. So just kind of uh, threw a dice out there and ended up with Squirtle. So I'm cool with that. So got him as a starter. Um, got a Butterfree on there now. A Pidgey and a freaking Rattata. So actually it's a Pidgeotto now and Raticate. Along with Butterfree and then um, uh, Zubat, which is lame because I love Crobat and I can't get him in this game. Well you managed a you managed a Caterpie to be the first Pokemon you ran into in Viridian Forest? In the in if, red. Well the rules well yeah, actually I did I ran two and four a Weedle, which is pretty surprising. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I was gonna say the rules are though, if you have it before, like if you're running a Pidgey or rat and you already have it, you get to keep going until you find one that you don't have. Right, but I was just
0: I expected you to have a B drill at this no. point. If you're playing red, that's like
1: Exactly. No, I was pretty freaking surprised too. Well
0: that's lucky is what that is. Cause B drill sucks.
1: Yeah, and see that's like I'm getting to the well, I mean Butterfree is a lot cooler, but I guess useful too because confusion. Yeah, just
0: learn any psychic move, really. That'll be a, a a benefit since those are so rare.
1: But I'm actually going through right now and I'm trying to, you know, level like you did so my people don't die. I haven't had anyone die yet. And just since I picked Squirtle at the beginning, I mean, it's it's been pretty easy so far. I mean, I'm I'm not very far. So I haven't even gotten Actually, yeah, I just I just beat Brock. So
0: So you are early, that's for sure. But that is one of the, that's one of the, that's one of the more rough times in the game, though, at the beginning.
1: Not with Squirtle, though.
0: I mean, that's... Even when you're, like, leveling in, you're trying to level your, potentially level two Rattata? Or Pidgey?
1: Just switching out. I mean, Squirtle's overleveled at this point, or Turtle, whatever you want to call him. Pidgey's actually pretty freaking ripped compared to the others, especially if he runs into bugs. Oh that makes sense. The so Pidgey's not an issue. The the uh whatchamacallit, Caterpie was more of an issue. I didn't even fight with him, I just switched out every time. That's
0: probably safe. Yeah. But now we gotta a, get him up to level twelve level for 10 Butterfree? Is it? Oh
1: really? Okay. Yeah. They level up pretty quick. Actually, no, I'll say that they don't level up pretty quick because compared to the newer games, man, they level up slow. That's one reason I don't think I'm gonna be finishing this.
0: Do they actually level up slower, or is it the fact that you don't have experience share, like all the new games do?
1: I think they actually, I don't know if they level up slower or not. The, battle, the battles themselves are just slower, I think, which makes them level up slower in turn. Yeah, that could be. You just turn off the animations, I guess, if you're really worried about it. I mean, just with like the time I'm putting in, I just don't see it actually. We'll see. Maybe I'll get through it. But like, if you want to go through one with me, that'd probably be easier to do. I could potentially be interested in that. We'd have to try that. Or we could do... I also some uh, I thought it'd be an interesting to do one like the newer ones. Or you could do like the random Nuzlocke challenges. Where you just get like... Catch six dudes and then do like six wonder trades. And get stuck with those people.
0: Uh, I've never heard about that one. That sounds yeah. interesting. I'd end up with like six magic Magikarps. That'd be incredible.
1: <laughs> six Kyrodoses well, would be epic.
0: It would be. It'd be better than like... It'd be better than four Magikarp and two Ditto's. I know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could, I
0: could, I could imagine that would be pretty interesting. Don't they have like, don't they have mods that you can put on uh, the ROM where you can get like just like random Pokemon will appear in any of the grasses, like anywhere Probably. in the
1: game? I'm sure. Like, they do.
0: I think that would be potentially interesting. That potentially, obviously, cool. super, oh, super overpowered. Yeah. But... <laughs> But uh, that, that might be interesting. Well, I yeah, guess the I, wonder
1: I... trading one could be too. I mean, you could get like a freaking legendary or something rolled through.
0: Yeah, but to do that, do you, have, you, do you have to actually like trade with somebody online instead of that works?
1: No, for wonder trade, all you do is you trade with someone online, but it's completely random. So you just set the dude, you hit wonder trade, and you set the guy you want to trade, and then you get a random Pokemon in return from a person.
0: Interesting. Okay, yeah. I haven't... Um... I haven't really played much online Pokemon since never. So that's why I don't I don't know any of that stuff. And I never really got I haven't really played any of them too seriously since X and Y. I think that was the last one I actually finished.
1: Yeah, I played the crap out of that one.
0: That one was good. and I think uh, the big motivation was just getting to see all the new sprites and things like that.
1: Yeah, getting to see everyone in, in 3D for the first time.
0: Yeah. And but um sun and moon i I don't know what it was but i was like i was immediately uninterested in that
1: i was too for the first time that's why i think that's the one i probably want to do it with i mean you have either sun or moon don't you i have the opposite one you do i'm pretty sure we we talked that one out okay so i have sun and you have moon then sounds good (laughs) (laughs) because that's the one i'd want to do it on since i basically haven't even done anything with that game anyway
0: yeah no we could go ahead do that we could uh could potentially do an episode podcast or like a, episode. like a mini like a, episode a mini or something series or something on it possibly. So yeah, no, we could we could do that. That would be fun.
1: We Coming up that. with ideas on the podcast <laughs> or the podcast.
0: That's right. Nobody steal these sweet ideas because they've never been <laughs> thought of. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see how far that would go, especially when uh, Let's Go comes out on the is it the fourteenth or
1: the sixteenth. Probably the 16th, I want to say, because they seem to release games on Friday as Nintendo, so. Yeah, that's when Castlevania came out, too.
0: Um,
1: Well, yeah, I'll be, I should be getting that
0: one day one. I'll just, we'll have to see. I need a reason to turn my Switch on nowadays.
1: (laughs) Get the messenger for Mega Man 11. (laughs) I gotta gotta save up for Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Save up for it.
0: I don't think I have a whole lot else that's uh, coming out anytime soon, but yeah, definitely. I'd definitely try that out with you. I think it'd be pretty interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I definitely like it with one of the... I feel like it would probably be a little bit more dull with the like Gen 1 games because of how kind of simple they are in comparison. Yeah, and it. I think... And especially it, it especially it since we don't be... know anything about these games either since we haven't played through them.
1: Exactly, because I don't I even have. know what Pokemon or what, basically. And I know just one thing will level up a lot quicker and get through the games quicker. They've streamlined the system, which is super nice.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I don't think I made it past the second island. I remember nah. correctly. Is there four islands? I don't know. Um, am I asking <laughs> the wrong
1: person? <laughs> you definitely are. We fair. might be able to answer these questions soon.
0: Yeah, well, fair enough. I won't ask you any more questions then. I'll go ahead on to my last game. And I know this is one that you hopes really good. And I'm going to tell you it is really good. And that's Beat Hazard 2. Oh, nice. Yeah, Beat Hazard 2. I don't re- exactly remember when this came out, but I think it came out this month or late last month. And for anybody who doesn't know, Beat Hazard was a game that came out many, many moons ago. I'm sure Buck knows when. Yeah, we're
1: looking at, I would say
0: 2007. 2000- I actually think it even came out before that. It, it was on the PC oh, wow. several years before it came out on the Xbox. Okay,
1: so that's pretty, yeah. I mean, we play it on Xbox 360 a lot. In the 2010, 11, 12 time period.
0: Yes, we did.
1: And so basically, this game allows
0: you to. Uh, it randomly gener. Oh, it doesn't randomly generate. It procedurally generates levels based upon uh, music that you have installed on any of your devices, be it your your Xbox, your PC. And basically, it will it will create like asteroid esque levels. I'd say that's the easiest way to describe kind of how it plays. It's just like asteroids on steroids.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't know if Geometry Wars was really huge when uh, 360 launched, and that's about the closest thing I would. It controls more like Geometry Wars, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a twin stick shooter. Because
0: as we all know, I don't like asteroids, but damn it, <laughs> yes. do I like Beat Hazard? <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Did you know about the game before I bought it? And we played it for the first time. No,
1: I never heard of it.
0: Yeah, what a well, I knew about it because uh, one of my buddies had on his PC and he really liked it and he told me about it. And It was just like, this is such an awesome idea. Just like every all your favorite music. It's all like its own, like individual level in this game. You get to listen to your favorite music. Uh, each one of the tracks is kind of a different experience and you can play co-op with a buddy. And it's just like a fun shooter experience and you can like alter the difficulty as you see fit. I don't know. It's just a lot
1: of fun. Oh, it's a ton of fun. And I mean, music is one of those things too. Like music usually has stories and stuff or just memories connected to it. And then you get to hear those songs, kind of relive those memories a little bit in this play game related to it. And it's just really cool.
0: Yeah. It's got, I don't want to say it has unlimited replayability, but I mean like, Depending upon how much music you own and how much you want to re listen to, it's just a great way to just kick back and just kill some time. I'd say that's like the the ultimate use of it. It's it, I mean it's also super fun. A lot of different difficulty settings uh, for for people of various skill levels. I know that we typically played on was it the like hardest your, difficulty? <laughs> yeah, whatever it was, I can't remember what it was. But uh, Beat Hazard has at least one higher difficulty now, which I haven't unlocked oh, nice. yet. So I don't know how much harder it is, but it also has a setting where you can adjust like I consider it like the visual flare where like the explosions <laughs> you and your, your laser guns that are coming out of your spaceship. It just the effects are just so much more grandiose. And they take. I, it, it's hard to really see what's going on at some points. But it, points. Yeah, but it lets you bump it up and, and it, it makes it more difficult, but you also score more points based upon. Uh, that setting and they also have uh, new new weapons that you can equip on your ships i know the first one had like the laser guns and the homing missiles and the reflector shields and things like that standard bomb to clear the whole uh, stage i haven't unlocked any additional weapons yet but i haven't unlocked nearly everything so i i I hear there is more and one of the coolest new well there's two cool new features in beat hazard two the first one is procedurally generated bosses, depending upon the song. So in the first game, I think there was like five or six bosses that, that would just, you know, uh, appear during a uh, stage. In this game, depending upon, I don't know if it's like the, the genre or the type of beat to the, the music or whatever it is, but it'll create like big boss spaceships and they'll have like different like weapon attachments depending upon the, the song. Nice. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool because, I mean, obviously it did get kind of boring fighting like the same five or six bosses each time, but it's kind of whatever. It's it's more just kind of the enjoyment of listening to the music and kind of playing this cathartic experience. But uh, the other awesome feature, and it's really the only reason why Beat Hazard 2 should even exist, is the fact that the developer was able to integrate streaming services into the game. So you don't even have to have all of your music uploaded on your hard drive. You can just have Spotify on and when you start a level, it'll detect what that song is. It'll take like five seconds. It has kind of a um, what's that? What's one of those services that detects what songs are? I can't remember. Shazam? Yeah. It has a Shazam-esque application inside of it and it'll it'll figure out what the song was and it even though you're still streaming it, it'll figure out the song is and it will still upload high scores for you. So if you have a Spotify account, or even, I guess, probably free Spotify. You could still play music like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Free Spotify you, all the way.
0: You just have a ton of music at that point. You don't even have to. You don't have to download all your. Like, I remember I used to like burn all my CDs. Or, <laughs> exactly. or rip all of my CDs onto my PC and my Xbox. So I could have all my music there. But now that's not necessary. Which is a, a great feature. and I'm sure most people would be taking advantage of that.
1: Yeah, if there's ever a song we wanted to play or I wanted to hear I'd bring a cd over we'd have to burn it to the xbox and then play it from there
0: my favorite were those blank cds which i had no (laughs) idea what was about to happen those were the best those
1: weren't the best
0: some some good old mixes i'll tell you (laughs) what a lot of gem mixes i know that
1: yes a lot of gem mixes
0: yeah but oh yeah beat hazard 2 uh A great experience that there is one thing that is a little disheartening, and I hope that they change their tune on it. Uh, When Beat Hazard 2 was developed, they had to build the game from the ground up. I don't know if that was just for the streaming features or just uh, make the game better overall. Uh, They did remove online and local co-op for the time being. That's really stupid. I agree. I don't know how much I necessarily care about the online co-op, but local co-op doesn't make any sense to me at all. Because I don't know how much more effort that would take. Yeah, like zero, you would think. Yeah, you would think. He's already got the code there. But he, the developer said that from, the, I guess, the data that he could collect from the game as it was being played, so few people used it that it wasn't worth the development time to get it to wait for the game to be released. So you put it in early access, we can play the game now. I'm hoping that that gets added later. I wouldn't see how that would be a problem, especially with as easy as games are to patch these days. So fingers crossed.
1: And that's, that's definitely a feature that I want to see in the future. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, that's how we played, you know, 90% of the other beat hazard, or at least oh, I yeah. did. I mean, you played oh, yeah.
0: most I, of I, it with me. Oh, no, I did play most of it with you. It's, it's not as fun by yourself.
1: I mean, that's what we did. Our basically, we'd go through periods where we did kind of our podcasting or just catching up before we did a podcast. We just randomly talk and not really have to pay much attention to what was going on, or we could turn it up to max and put on a song that was really freaking hard and have to pay a ton of attention. So, a couple different ways that we played Beat Hazard: either just basically talk like we are now, or just actually try and concentrate and see if you can beat the entire "Trapped in the Closet" album by R. Kelly.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of laughs there with some of the some of the different (laughs) types of music that would create just these ridiculously hard levels. You would not fathom like a song like by Lifehouse having this intense beat. this like intense bass (laughs) line. Oh, my goodness. So like the game, the, the levels are literally like generated based upon the beat of the song and the speed that everything moves is increased. And also, like the intensity of the music, also makes you more powerful, but also makes enemies uh, get generated more quickly. It, it's a very interesting dynamic. And there's also it's just it's just weird how like some like hardcore rock was not as intense as some Creed.
1: Yeah, like Creed or Lifehouse might have make you have like an epileptic seizure. There'd be so many lights and stuff going on. Yeah, it would turn on like Avenge Sevenfold, and it'd be it'd be pretty crappy.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely definitely an interesting experience. It, if nobody's played it, uh, the game's not that expensive. I think it's only uh, at least the second one's only twenty dollars right now, and I think the first one might be I don't know ten fifteen.
1: Yeah, it can't be too much anymore.
0: I wouldn't. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't. I don't think you can really go wrong unless you don't like music, which I would find <laughs> exactly. weird. Like everybody likes some type of music. And, <laughs> you would and, think. Yeah, I mean the game gives you that ability. While it does have some. Some built-in like electronic house music or whatever uh, by Johnny Frizz and <laughs> the gang. Uh, no, this one only has Johnny Frizz. Testudo is not on this soundtrack. What, what a shame! Very, very, very odd. But like I said, you, you can upload any music or stream any music you want and have a good time with it. It's really one of the most original ideas for a game that I, I've played in a. Well, obviously, sure. I played it a long time ago, but I think it still stands to reason that it was a, a great idea. I actually kind of wish it was more popular than I seem to think it is because I don't hear a ton of people talk about it.
1: Yeah, I've never heard anyone else talk about it, and especially if like if you and your buddies like the same type of music. I mean, that's definitely a win win then.
0: Like I said, I never I never played much of it by myself. But uh, it, that option's definitely there if you just want to, like, kick open a beer, just kick back in your chair and kill a few hours. No big deal there.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah and,
0: that's about that's what we've been playing in October. That's pretty much the extent of it. It, it was actually uh, a much more busy month than I thought. And like I said, played a lot more games than I thought I did. And go watch Castlevania Netflix season two. Go do it. That's the plan. <laughs> so Buck, where can they find us?
1: As always, you can find us on uh, we're on Twitter under at Buck And we're gaining a little bit of steam on there, which is definitely nice to see, getting some some more action with you guys. So we definitely appreciate all the interaction and feedback you're giving us there. And then we're also on the iTunes App Store, and I just saw we got enough reviews there where they actually have us uh, posted up there. So we definitely appreciate that, everybody.
0: Yes, lots of kind words.
1: And that's going to help. I know I'm not sure how the algorithms work or how any of that works, but I know... Uh, we do have five stars on there right now, so we appreciate all you guys doing that for us. yeah we're the Thank top rated
0: podcast as far as stars go. It's incredible <laughs> that's true. An honor I think we deserve. without a doubt <laughs> yeah but yeah, uh, like normal we uh, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on you know any topics you want us to cover in the future. We've definitely got a couple that we have. Outlined in the coming months, I think we may even have an episode or two coming up where we
1: may uh, work with some other podcasters. Yeah, it's looking like that might be uh, coming in the works with uh, a couple of our friends out there. It um, uh, Mega Man it looks like the uh, Jump and Shoot Mega Man podcast. I believe we may be working with them here in the near future. So we're working out some details on that kind of a collaboration. We have a Mega Man esque podcast coming up.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. should be a little different, and I uh, can't wait to talk to those guys. They, they have a great podcast over there, and you guys should definitely check it out if uh, you have some time. Yeah, highly recommend it for sure. And as always, I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And you've been listening to the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Thanks a lot, guys.